0: what is up everybody today we are going to discuss on the self improved podcast free will and the whole debate about free will we're then going to dive into a podcast summary by hidden brain that's an npr podcast incredible i highly recommend and we will conclude with a schmaltzy schmaltzy self-help book called obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday and it's very popular however I'll tell you why I don't like it later buckle up folks gear up let's get into this so have you ever watched Bandersnatch Bandersnatch yeah it's an episode on Black Mirror sorry I just ran upstairs I had to just do some food stuff uh which you probably didn't even notice because I just cut this but this podcast I forget who it was again I They did a great job explaining all of this, a fantastic job, so I might butcher it, but the cooler thing is they took that Bandersnatch episode, which was a create-your-own-adventure episode of a show, they took it, and they actually ran with that into the philosophical theory of free will, one of the most looked into study philosophical theories, because there is no right or wrong answer, that's what makes it philosophical, that's what makes it so fun to talk about. Everyone will argue till the cows come home, whether you have free will or not, because we think we control everything or do we, who knows? And I'm going to explain all of that. First off, we have to define some things. And these definitions alone will start to make you question the theory. Who is I? When we say we have free will, we're using words like we and I, like I can throw the stick. Well, who is I? You know, is that our consciousness? is i our body our hand doing the thing or is it even deeper is i our nervous system are electrolytes creating the nerves to fire like who is i how deep do you want to go with i what do you even identify with and that alone is philosophical to so like who are we like are we our nervous system are we our tissues are we our thoughts even or are we the awareness of our thoughts Anyways, I told you once you, that's a rabbit hole in itself, but you got to ask who is I, because that really determines free will. Now, next, you got to look at some of these variables. Okay. So what I mean by variables is the outside external factors causing you to have free will. And I already, I know you're probably laughing. Like, Oh, I didn't even think about this is you think you have the free will to run. However, who taught you to run, uh, And if no one taught you to run, if you're going to say, Zev, that's evolutionary. Well, what species of human learned to run? And then so you can thank them for running. That wasn't you. That was them. And who built the road that you can run on? Who built your running shoes so you can run? Like the list goes on, like who created everything, you know? And so someone created something to let you do the free will thing. Uh, Even if it isn't a tangible object, someone taught you. And if no one taught you, that means it was natural selection and that you did not willingly do that natural selection. Some other godly universe thing created natural selection. You did not do that. So you're going to tell me you have the free will to run when it wasn't your decision in the first place. And But this is philosophical because you technically chose to run. You could have not ran. And I will get a little deeper into that predicament in a second. Some other people talk about infrastructure. What if there were spikes? everywhere around a city, you would not be able to run or you'd stab your foot. So our infrastructure allows us to run that, you know, and then policies and politics and laws. What if it was illegal to run? You would not run. So therefore, you know, do you really have the free will to run if other people are deciding whether you can or not, (laughs) you know, then one argument is, okay, fine, fine. I'll do something so unpredictable that no one could have forced me to do it. However, here we get into a paradox. On one hand, you have someone not being victim to the policies and the laws because they're doing something random that could be against the laws and policies and infrastructure. On the other hand, when you're consciously removing yourself, you might actually be giving in further to all these subconscious external factors. It'd be the, the analogy I can give you is you're sledding down a hill and you fight the snow, the heavy snow to create your own path. But then let's say you do something random and just let the sled do its thing. It will go down the groove other people created on that snow hill. And that's free will. Like if you decide not to do anything that politics has influenced, you might actually end up just being that sled going down the groove. You might just fall victim to even more free will by not even consciously thinking about it. Now there's an example of this that makes sense with the radical sporadic behavior, which is you're at a restaurant, you typically order something or they anchor you to order something. If if go Google what anchoring is in business, but let's say you get anchored to order something and you go, no, no I'm going to just flip a coin and pick something random. Boom. I've just defeated this lack of free will. Now I am truly doing whatever because they, they can't anchor me at all now because I flipped a coin. Well... Someone created that menu, so you were forced to pick one of the hundred items on that menu. And so therefore, you don't have free will anymore. But then someone could say, okay, consciously, I am picking something on there that I didn't have to pick. I could have picked something else. Okay, I just had to read some of this over um, because it is very deep. But so let's say on the menu, you choose something different and you say, okay, I consciously chose that. Some would argue... That, in hindsight, we realized we could have picked something else. However, what we chose was what we chose. And that you can't prove that you would have chosen something else. Because only in hindsight do you realize what you did not pick. And some say, on an acute, very small scale, we have free will. Like, you get to choose the one of 50 choices. However, on the grand scheme, there's no free will. Because we only had one option and within that option was a bunch of preset choices you know for example like i literally cannot do anything in brazil because i was born in canada so all my choices are in canada and that free will of going to brazil okay again sure it's there but i was born here and that's just one argument so another argument saying we do have free will is actually breaking it right down to physics saying that even in physics we know that atoms are just being pushed around by other Atoms and forces, and so we still have the capabilities within those physics of making our own choices because we feel we have those capabilities uh, because we are pushing other atoms with atoms like so, so let's say our hands made of atoms, and I'm pushing a cup because I wanted to that's an atom pushing an atom anyways, and the key part here is that is the feeling part now i'd have to argue that this is a little too superficial, like we say we have free will because we feel we have free will that that is complete ignorance actually. It, It's a struggle to find meaning if we resort to that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to fully disagree because that's philosophy is you could say everything is just our perception, right? Now the actual Bandersnatch episode is a complete metaphor for everything we're talking about because it's a create your own adventure, but they only give you two choices on the screen. So it's a paradox because we think we have free will to choose their fate in the show. But in reality, the show itself has created our choices. And that's what I was trying to get out with the menu is you could say, "Oh, I'm randomly picking a new um, item on the menu. However, just like that TV show only gave us two options, they actually created this person's potential future. There wasn't a third option we could pick. We were forced, literally forced to for those two options or we turn off the TV. It's the same with the menu, is like we think we have that free will because oh we we picked something that we could have picked otherwise, but in reality someone put that menu together, so like we don't have the freedom to pick outside the menu, and then that's where it's become subjective. Like, which is which on a granular scale is that free will? Whereas free will have to be some massive large scale. So going back to the first argument, a lot of people like to get God involved in this. And I've been kind of resisting until now, but that's honestly one of the the theories is the universe, God or whatever form of God you you decide to latch onto that. Whatever you pick is fate is, is God or the universe making you pick that. And like I said, in the first argument there, that hindsight's 2020, you can look back at a fork in the road and say, Oh, I could have gone left, but no, you went right. You have only made one decision and one decision, your entire life, your entire life, All the decisions you made were the only decision you could make. In hindsight, you could have made a different decision, but did you? No, you did not. You can't make two decisions at once. You can only make one decision at once. I'll word it like this. You can't make two choices at once. You can only pick one choice at once. Therefore, we technically can't prove that we could have made other choices. We can, however, prove that we made one choice and technically what we can prove is that we only had one choice because we for sure made one choice. And since we will forever only make one choice at a time and continue making one choice at a time because it's impossible to make two at one time, that's quantum physics. That is where the argument of God decides our fate or the universe or whatever form of God you think of. That's where that argument comes from. That since, I'll repeat it one more time, since we only make one choice at a time, even though in hindsight we recognize we could have made a second choice but we didn't right remember that we did not make a second choice we only made one and we will forever only make one choice people would say that's the universe or god deciding that fate for us hence there is no free will if god or the universe is making that one choice for us all the time cuz someone is or it's not someone something a energy is making that choice but it's philosophical i'm not even attaching to that who knows And you can't go back and change that. Like, what you did is what you did. It's concrete. Tell it sounds like I'm on the side of there is no free will. But I could easily just give arguments as to why there is. Like, if I throw a stick, that was me throwing the stick. Like, my consciousness throwing the stick. But anyways, that's what I'm saying is all the outcomes are the only outcomes. We don't live multiple lives with multiple outcomes. There's always just one outcome for every situation. And that, therefore, like, we can't, that's out of our control. There's no free will there. Now a philosopher, a professor, and researcher came up with a thing called free quotient, FQ. It's a theory, but he believes people have a spectrum of free will, that some people have less freedom, let's say you're in jail, versus someone who lives in the forest off the grid, and that some people are going to have more free quotient than others. Really interesting, in my opinion. Similar reminds me of you know emotional intelligence and social intelligence um and obviously the infamous IQ uh oh sorry that's social intelligence oh, no so, oh my god i can't speak <laughs> that uh IQ's intelligence and then SQ social intelligence EQ's emotional intelligence um so and and that's what i was saying free free quotient so FQ like f- free will spectrum uh, it sounds weird to me. It sounds really weird to me. Now, they didn't just go through strict theories, woo, woo shit. They actually went and looked at studies in this podcast, too. And so these actually blew my mind. Uh, one of them was they hooked up a brain scan to the subjects. They then asked subjects to pick a button. And through the brain scans, they were able to predict, with a very high rate of success, which button the person was going to click. Seven seconds before the person pressed the button. So if we think we have control over something, the real question is, one, do we? And and our our brain knows what we're going to do before we consciously do. Similar to like we pull our autonomic nervous system. We pull our hand back when it's uh, on something warm before we even consciously do it. So this study actually comes right back to one of the first things I told you literally the first thing of who are we when we say "I throw the stick, who's I?" because think about it technically we are pulling away but when we say we," we're talking about our nervous system pulling our hand away, not our consciousness and this is what who does our nervous system have free will then and our consciousness doesn't because that's a whole different conversation. the analogy they use is like thunder and lightning our nervous systems the lightning and we, our consciousness is the thunder. Our nervous system makes decisions faster than our consciousness does. So take that as you will and I'll let you decide at that point if you have free will. But it comes right back to who are we defining as you? Your consciousness, your nervous system, your electrolytes that fire the nervous system, right? Maybe the electrolytes made its decision before the nervous system and then boom, it just wipes all that right out of the water. Like then that's invalid. That Like what I just told you. Now for those that still don't agree. And they say, no, but Zev, I did want to touch the button at some point. Like at some point I did, my consciousness wanted to. So therefore it was my free will to touch the button. Even if my brain decided before me, like I still wanted to, it it lined up with my brain. This, (laughs) this is going to piss you off. This is contradictory to that. Another thing is uh, muscle spasms. So let's say you're having a cramp and you don't want your muscles to cramp up, but they are is that free will now? Um, or again, is is now your nervous systems doing something against your consciousness? So do you not have free will? Like that's, that's your body the same way your body is doing things for you when you want it to. But then the one moment your nervous system isn't doing something that aligns with your consciousness slash ego. So now you don't have the free will over that cramp. Like, cuz your instinct would tell you no you don't like you're not controlling the cramp but we just said our nervous system that pressed the button that that was free will because i guess your consciousness wanted to so you can see where i'm going with this if if you're picking up what i'm putting down is that most people identify with the conscious state and they're going to say their conscious state has free will they're but uh they yeah their nervous system doesn't and this is where I don't buy it still you can hear in my voice like I don't buy that because your nervous system is doing its own thing like it has free will so I guess it's more like your consciousness doesn't have free will over your nervous system but then people that still say your consciousness has free will like that doesn't make sense because I, like I said before what about those preset choices other people have made in your life like, think about that in the neighborhood you grew up in, preset choices, the school you went to preset choices, the religion you grew up with preset choices, everything, like what people tell you, you are gender-wise, like all these things where you were born preset choices, the, the restaurant you go to preset choices is that free will, because amongst those preset choices, you could choose. And then who knows, because of your past programming, right? Just, just simply past programming in your subconscious could have made you choose To watch the action movie rather than the comedy. So you think you have that free will. But maybe it was just your past baggage coming in and telling you what to do. Food for thought. Now that I've given you those couple studies in regards to our nervous system acting before our consciousness does. The final question to that predicament is. Do we have free will if our bodies are always doing things before our conscious state tells us it is? Like if our conscious reaction is always delayed and it and we are truly relying on our nervous system for everything, do we have free will? It sounds like we don't. <laughs> Unless you go right back to that second argument of I feel like I do. If I feel, then I do. Because perception, a lot of philosophers say just your perception is your reality. and That's your world. <laughs> if you feel, you do. Then you do. <laughs> it's that simple. I, I just saw a Harry Potter quote I sent to a friend. I'm going to butcher it because I don't have it in front of me. It was like, It was Harry saying to Dumbledore, "Uh, is this all in my head or is this real? And Dumbledore says, of course it's in your head, Harry, but that doesn't mean it isn't real. (laughs) And that is literally with all of this. So the conclusion in this podcast, they kind of talked about how ignorance is bliss. Those who don't ever think about the lack of free will think they have lots of it. And therefore, they do have free will because they think they do, right? Our beliefs is what affects our feelings and outcomes. And So you can't tell someone to believe something otherwise. It's like, you can't tell me if I saw water, I'm going to tell you that's water. And if someone said, no, that's grass, I truly believe it's water. So you can, when someone believes something, you can't tell them otherwise. And ignorance is bliss. If someone believes they have free will because they've never been taught about why they technically don't, they're going to continue believing they do. Now, uh, the deeper you dive into the question of free will, the more you feel you don't have it. And today was a clear indicator of that. And in regards to the belief thing, I thought I'd just take a second to break down from a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself by Dr. Helmstetter. And it was one of the best books I've ever Summarize I didn't even read it but the summary alone taught me so much about my consciousness and my my ego even is this and if you have to write this down do it it might be a little confusing it's gonna be 20 seconds listen carefully your outcomes are affected by your behavior makes sense now your behavior is affected by your feelings how you feel. If I feel angry, I am going to yell. That's my behavior is yelling because I feel angry. Your feelings are dictated by your attitude. Okay. Your attitude is dictated by your beliefs. Your beliefs are dictated by subconscious programming. Your subconscious programming is affected by the information. Six sensory information, not just what you're reading here. What you feel, smell, and taste. And see, yeah, so everything. Now let's use an example because that blew my mind. It will change the way you think about everything because most people, the subconscious, it's called that for a reason that you're not conscious of what you're thinking. That's the subconscious. And you think, okay, it's impossible to know what my subconscious is thinking about then. In the moment, yes. However, let's follow that pattern. So you know in by two ways, your outcomes. That tells you what your subconscious is doing. If you're, you know, people that are always like, I don't know why I keep finding shitty partners or I don't know why I keep messing up. Yeah, because your subconscious programming is dictating your behavior and outcomes. And so now if they go, okay, well, we'll still, okay, I can't pinpoint it still. Then you go and look at information. What information are you taking in? What six sensory info are you taking in? Because that will dictate your subconscious programming, which dictates everything. So let's use an example to really paint a picture. Okay, let's say your the outcome is a friend uh, defriending you. And, and you go, what? Well, the behavior was you being rude. The behavior of being rude was caused by a feeling of maybe inadequacy, impatience, maybe you were impatient. And so you were rude to them because you were like, Hey, give me a a drink of water right now. And so then where that impatience come from, or lack of patience, that was an attitude. Okay, you had an attitude of I don't want to wait. And where that attitude of I don't want to wait for anything come from. It was a belief your beliefs of in life, you you believed you didn't have to wait. You believed that people could bring water quick. Maybe it was even deeper than that. Maybe it was this belief of you being better than someone so you didn't have to get it yourself. And that caused an attitude of wanting to drink quickly. So then where'd that belief come from? Some subconscious programming. You'd been programmed at some point to believe you were entitled. And then the info is what caused that subconscious programming. So your senses from the time you were a baby... You were told you didn't have to get a drink. You saw that you didn't have to get a drink. You felt that you were sitting instead of walking. You felt you didn't have to get a drink. And all this information dictated the rest. Isn't that mind-blowing? Like that blew me away when I learned that. Anyways, back to it. Back to it. Uh, Okay, I see why I tied that in now. So when I made the notes here, I took that book summary and, and I stated this. If you take in the information that you deem appropriate for your goals, values, morals, and principles, again, I'll say that again. If you take in the info that you deem appropriate for your goals, values, morals, and principles, excuse me, the preset choices in your life are going to be better. They're going to correlate with your positive subconscious programming. Okay. So you do have control in your preset choices. And this is where I kind of contradict myself, right? Is like, like you do have some control in those preset choices you know, cause because think of it as like all your actions are all of a sudden changing the preset choices. It's like machine learning if you think about it. <laughs> okay. And so this means the morals, values, principles, and goals. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The um that all means morals, values, and principles will align with your goals more. Now, that's my take on how to feel a little bit better about the preset choices in your life. Okay. The information you took in to create your own preset choices. So watching something educational instead of graphic or watching, or sorry, taking in, you know, literature that will help your career instead of sitcoms. One could argue it's because of where you were born. Your uh, What do they call it? Socioeconomic status dictated a lot of these things of like you wanted to learn the literature because you even knew it was available and you had it available because of where you were born and what you have. Like if you grew up in a village somewhere where electricity wasn't a thing, they didn't have TVs or computers, you couldn't read literature. So therefore, do you have the free will? No, it was out of your control if you wanted to read the read the literature. But on a micro scale, I guess it was. Anyways, you can see I've this is like the fifth time I've literally just done a paradox loop. A paradoxical loop in as I'm talking, you can sense that it never ends. Like this is why the free will thing, it just literally never ends. They finish with a cool metaphor to our lives. So the hosts of this podcast say that Bandersnatch, the fact that we have these choices, it's a metaphor for our life, such as social media and advertising. So the ads we see very well dictate what we want to buy and say and talk about. And social media does this too, actually. So in Bandersnatch, everything that we pick for him dictates the poor guy's behavior. <laughs> and if you haven't picked up what I'm saying yet, Those social media ads and TV ads, they put stuff in our face affecting and influencing our behavior as well and what we say and do and really affect our life. Actually (laughs) watch social dilemma. Isn't that crazy? So in reality, Bandersnatch is happening. There are people picking, do we pick cereal a or B just like in the show, but people are saying, do we advertise cereal a or B for them? Uh, oh, they're going to like cereal B more. So yeah, we're going to put that in front of their face. Oh, we just picked their future. We know what they're going to buy now. And if we don't buy it, they they look at the stats and say, oh, oh actually, they don't like it. So we're going to... And they just keep feeding it in front of our face. So then the host talked about this really cool concept about the future that production companies will start creating outcomes set to, to the desires of the viewer. Imagine going to a movie and they know... Or not going, sorry, sorry. Let's say you're streaming a movie and they have the data of the typical endings you enjoy. And so they will give you an ending you enjoy because that will get you to watch more movies on Netflix and that will get you to say better things about the movie, which makes the movie more money because more people are going to watch the movie after you say something good about it. That it would be wild. And then same with really anything. Um, and think about it, Facebook has all our information. So does Google, other platforms. So they could give the production companies our info. And yeah, our streaming services literally could cater towards our taste. They'd have six different endings for six different genres or six different interests. Imagine that. And then I don't have to repeat what I just said, but like the ripple effect is crazy. Yeah, so something I actually wrote in my notes here was by doing that, it would make the utility of the product higher. Utility means what you get out of it, the pleasure you get out of a product. It would make the utility of the product higher, therefore more consumption of that product, the movie. And more consumption means more revenue. And a more positive word means more people know about it, which means more people watch it, which is more consumption and at least even more revenue. Like, who knows? It's not out of the realm of possibility that all these movies are going to be catered to us. Everything will be catered to us. And then Social Dilemma, they talk about this, this divide of like the polar opposites on discussions and, and opinions are getting even more polar. Like they are getting more and more opposite. That remember when I was talking about the nervous system, knowing what you want before consciously you do, it's actually no different than social media knows us better than we do most of the time now. Like how often do we see something on the for you page or on our feeds? And we're like, how, how did it know this? Like, I didn't even realize that I liked this as much and, or, or like that just happened to me. And like, how does it know that exact family situation that I always kvetch about? Well, I'm telling you, it's like the nervous system thing. It's creepy. Okay, people, it's 27 minutes in, and and honestly, like, I thought I'd get to the Hidden Brain podcast. I'm sorry. I lied to you. This It's going to just be a free will podcast today, and actually, I may or may not throw in a snippet of someone's I'm going to try and get my brother to speak, and hopefully he can chime in here. Otherwise, that'll be it. What if instead of paying with money, pay with time. When you're out of time, you die. So, it's like, (laughs) it's such a great movie. Can you believe it? I'm like sounds like a cool concept but the movie's terrible Ah, yeah and justin timberlake can't go wrong though stud oh um so yeah do you mind just really quickly talking about free will and what you think Uh, you're i you do my just for my sake please Uh, for my sake (laughs) no for an answer please the mic's up please yeah i'm happy that you have a hot mic no (laughs) Just say you say it. I don't feel comfortable. Okay, they, he's not gonna answer people, he doesn't feel comfortable talking about free will. So I'm sorry. No, no more from that. That is, that is, yeah, my one Harry just said, I, my only listener is listening. Yes, I probably do have one listener. So whoever you are, thank you. I appreciate you getting this far. And that is pretty much it on free will. I will talk more about other things next time. Thanks for tuning in to Self Improved. I wish you all the best. Shalom Aleichem. Take care. Treat yourself well. Bye. Oh, and I forgot every Friday episode will drop. So be back here next Friday or Saturday and you will get another epi. Take care. Bye.